Okay. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Oh. I can hear you. Okay. There you are, Amy. Uh, to get started, um, welcome to my podcast. My name is Michael Minter, uh, the host of this podcast uh, called People with uh, Dyslexia. Uh, before we get to you, Amy, I want to tell a little bit about my listeners about my uh, podcast here. My name is Michael Minter, and uh, welcome to another episode of People with Dyslexia. Um, and the whole thing is about this is to bring more awareness to people uh, and everything. And uh, there's awareness out there. I just feel in my heart that uh, there's not enough. Uh, I myself being dyslexic and everything, but I find myself that I had to hunt for information. I we didn't know this this kind of information was out there, and I had to hunt for it. And uh, lo and behold, you do come across apps on you know and stuff like that, and Facebook and. Uh, different uh, apps and everything that you can find information and everything and thank God for that, uh, especially with technology nowadays. Uh, and maybe you may not be dyslexic, maybe you know a uh, person, a family member, a friend, um, a co-worker who is, please send in your uh, thoughts and your comments to me. Um, I uh, encourage my listeners to do that and uh, give me any ideas you might have for the podcast. I'm more than willing to listen. Uh, and before going any further, uh, I just want to let my listeners know that um, I am recording this on an iPhone, which, you know, I'm an iPhone uh, Apple diehard fan. So, you know, I just want to let them know that this also can be done on Android. So if you have an Android phone, that's also possible too, and a computer. Um, I do believe that on a computer, a laptop or something, that uh, I think you have to have an account uh, to listen um, or uh had an interview on uh, Anchor, uh, but if you have Spotify or anything like that, um, it, it's out there and stuff. And you know, it's coming to other platform listing platforms too. Uh, Amy, I want to get to you. Uh, welcome, and uh, it's good to have you. Thank you so much. I'm glad that I can be on here and get to know you better. And thank you. Like you said, raise awareness of dyslexia because I totally agree. There's just not enough knowledge about it out there. And I have a YouTube channel called Amy Noel. It's That's the name of the channel. It's my name. <laughs> and it's for parents of kids with dyslexia because five of my children, well, I have five children and all of them have dyslexia to some degree, but only three of them have needed services from the school so far. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say, it's, uh, it's not easy trying to find the information out there. Um, it is out there. Don't get me wrong. It just, it seems like I had to, even myself, I, I had to hunt for it and, uh, and look around and stuff. It's not like it's on a billboard or you read it in, you know, uh, different places and stuff. I just, I, I agree with you that awareness needs to be brought forth more. And that's my approach with this podcast is to bring awareness. I have other ideas that I'm thinking of and stuff. Uh, but tell me more about, uh, what, what projects you're working on and your experiences and stuff uh, to, okay. to let our listeners know. Go ahead. I would love to. Thank you. So just a little background. The reason I started a YouTube channel is because when I was trying to help my children, I had a really hard time finding answers for them because there's so much on the internet when you, when I would go to look up how to help my sons. But a lot of what I found was people trying to sell me something. And now I have some reliable sources that I can recommend to your listeners. But um, 
And also, I had a hard time helping my kids and finding effective solutions for them because, number one, I was really busy with life, and I had a lot of small children, and we're on a low income, so a lot of the things that people were offering me were not feasible for our situation. Like, I couldn't take my kids to private tutoring three times a week. What would I do with my three toddlers that were jumping all around? They all have ADHD, (laughs) So, <laughs> right, right. No, that's very understandable. You, that's a very good point to make, too. Um, I do appreciate making that point to our listeners. Um, go ahead. Um, you, you can, you got the floor. It's okay. up to you. Okay, thank you. Ask me any questions as I go if you want more information on something. But I, so basically, I just had to trust that the schools were taking care of my kids. And the problem is the, Most public schools do not currently, especially where I live in California, do not offer effective intervention for children with dyslexia because we know since um, two sources that are great for finding out how to help children with dyslexia specifically is, or just all information dyslexia, is the International Dyslexia Association. They have very um, good information based on research. Okay. Yeah, so the IDA website is great, and understood.org is also very reliable because... Okay, I'm sorry to cut you, I'm sorry to, to cut you off right there. Would you mind repeating those two places again for our listeners, just in case that they did miss sure. that by chance? They can always go back to the recording, but yeah. uh, repeat that again if you could, please. That's very good information, uh, yeah. and I do uh, appreciate that. Sure, I can also put it um, on my YouTube channel. So okay. I'll put links to everything we talk about on my YouTube channel. So the IDA, that's the International Dyslexia Association, and Decoding Dyslexia. Now, this Decoding Dyslexia and IDA are both grassroots movements, and so people are just doing it. Well, IDA, they do do fundraising, but the Decoding Dyslexia is all just volunteers, and they're, they were started in New Jersey by a group of parents who wanted to improve services for their dyslexic kids in school and they've branched out to have a chapter in all 50 states so that's nice. what decoding dyslexia is yeah right oh that it's always good because actually i'm learning a little bit more as i go too which is great information that you have and i do appreciate that and everything for our mm-hmm. listeners and, and myself also um like i said it, the information's out there but not where i believe it could be and like you said uh i wish it was just a little bit more easier for people yeah to uh to access it i, I really wish it was a way and that's what i'm trying to do with this podcast make it more accessible make it more you know more awareness you know it mm-hmm. seems like we have awareness for almost everything that's out there but you know practically but certain things it just it's like you gotta work so hard and and uh i, I just feel that it shouldn't be that hard you know to find this it, you know, uh, especially, uh, I mean, I can go on with categories like, you know, people who are at work or, you know, co-workers and things like that. If you go to a store, if you were to tell somebody that you are dyslexic, you don't understand, uh, you know, I myself, in my opinion, I, I see a change in people. Um, it, it's not, they don't know how to react. They're just not sure what you might be talking about. Or some people know what it is, but not the full extent of it. Some people might know 10% or 40%. And some people do know 100% of it, but that's where the awareness comes in because there are different levels uh, that I see that that's out there, you know, of dyslexia. Yeah, for sure. And I know I, before 
I knew my husband was dyslexic when I married him, but I just thought it was flipping letters around. And that's what I think a lot of the general population thinks is that dyslexia is where you flip your B's and your D's and your P's. But there's way more to it. It affects memory and your uh, exec- your situational memory is a strength. So people with dyslexia can remember things if it's like an experience with emotion and such. Then it can be a very clear memory to them. But right. working memory and memorizing rote memory, that's kind of usually a weakness with dyslexia. But, uh, you know... I- I definitely agree with that. Uh, there's been instances where even myself, um, if I'm at work or, you know, uh, at an event or something, I have to remember something. It's almost kind of like going, uh, if I went to a friend's house and they're like 50 miles away and been there and he moved to a new place. I've been there a couple of times. I know where it is, but it's that memory. It's like, okay, I had to ask myself, do I know how to get there? And I bring up GPS again. Um, I, I find myself using GPS, even though I know where it is, it's kind of like, you know, flipping south, north. Okay, instead of going south, I'm supposed to go north or vice versa. So <laughs> I, I agree with you on just many different levels. And uh, most people don't only under, uh, understand the, the extent of it. Um, uh, it, it just, it, it's a shame. And that's where the awareness really has to come into play. Um now, do you have uh, any, like, ideas or tips and tricks that you might be able to share? Like, one of them you might be able to share that you use to uh, uh, help your husband or whoever that you might know? Well, yes, because what really helps, is, and this is what helps, is important for school also, is a multi-sensory approach. So that, and that's why they came up with multi-sensory structured literacy programs and that's the most effective way to teach children with dyslexia to read and there's right. a lot of research on it but it's because it involves all the senses like hearing touch and movement and so it makes it more of an experience and the the structured element of it and the explicit element is that it breaks it way down so that it's like you start with the letter sounds and then you start with two and then you go on to blending two letters and then three letters and then so it's just really um layered if you know. right yeah right um i, I wanted to uh let our listeners know uh, again th- this is uh, a podcast for uh bringing more awareness for people with dyslexia i want to let them know i'm not a doctor a therapist psychiatrist i'm not no doctor of any kind all that you're hearing, that my listeners are hearing, uh, is just my opinion um, on information that's out there, stuff like that, and any tips and tricks that I might have used in the past or I'm using now, uh, and that my uh, guests that come on, if they might be using, if they're willing to share tips and tricks that they use to help make life easier for people who are dyslexic, or if they know family members, coworkers, or anybody that they talk to, say, hey, listen, I, you know, I read this, uh, I listened to this podcast, and how about you you know, try this, you know, um, but I don't claim to be, you know, um, any doctor of any kind. I just want my listeners to know that. It's just my uh, opinion on uh, what's out there for information about uh, dyslexia. So I just want to make sure they understand that. Um, anyhow, uh, you also mentioned something about, uh, I think, uh, legislation oh, yeah. and stuff, I, I believe. I, I wonder if you can touch on based a little bit about that for us. 
thank you for bringing that up because I was waiting to talk about it. So thank you. You're I, welcome. <laughs> I just started a campaign that is coordinate. I'm I'm not actively doing legislation, but I'm promoting the work of the IDA and Decoding Dyslexia because they are working to make changes in Sacramento, uh, or our, that's our state capital, of course. And so, um, and they work in all the states, but Campaign California Dyslexia is to promote five goals. And these are the goals of the IDA and Decoding Dyslexia combined with a fifth goal that's my own personal agenda. So the first one is to make universal screening for all children K to second grade required. So the general ed teachers would screen them to see if they have symptoms of dyslexia so that they can get early intervention. And then the second important thing is for schools to use multi-sensory structured literacy programs so that that intervention can actually work <laughs> because for, well, let me move on and get through the five goals. So the, third, <laughs> the third one is um, to have the teachers trained annually because right now teachers don't get training on dyslexia and they have the same idea that a lot of people have that's just flipping letters. So they need annual training on the symptoms of dyslexia and effective ways to help dyslexic children. Fourth, universities need programs, education programs that include multi-sensory structured literacy in the curriculum for teachers so that all teachers can learn that method of teaching language and reading and writing before they even leave school and go to the classrooms and also so that they can recognize dyslexia. So the IDA is really working with the universities and some schools have already started adopting programs that are IDA approved within their so that special ed teachers and general ed teachers can have that training. And then my personal agenda item is that each school district needs to have a certified reading specialist that's certified in an IDA, that's the International Dyslexia Association program. And the IDA gives that approval to reading specialists if it meets all the requirements for things that work for kids with dyslexia. So it's really powerful because if a district has a reading specialist, then kids in special education for dyslexia who aren't progressing in a small group can get one-to-one -one instruction because that reading specialist can go from site to site or school to school within that district. Uh, because my son, and this is what I wanted to go off on a tangent about, I just had a meeting today with my son's school for his individual education plan, his IEP, and he has had an IEP since kindergarten. We've known, I got him tested right away because I knew that he had dyslexia. He showed a lot of signs as a toddler, and we were really concerned about him. So as soon as he started falling behind, I, I wrote a letter, and when a parent writes a letter, they the school has like a certain time period to test that child. So they tested him and he qualified because of attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And then he's been getting services for reading and writing since kindergarten, but he's still at a second grade level and he's almost at the end of sixth grade. So whatever they've been doing has not been effective. And he's just been getting small group instruction and it has not been with a multi-sensory structured language program. 
That that is just absolutely great information. And I want to commend you on all the work, uh, research, anything that you've done yourself. Great job. My hat's off to you. It really is. Um, wow, thank you. <laughs> and, and, and everything. It just, it's unbelievable uh, on the amount of work you've done and everything and stuff and what you're going through. Like you said, life is not easy. You got to, you know, you wake up every day, you got a family, you got a home to take care of or whatever's going on in people's lives. It's not easy. And to go out there and try to find this information, even though it's out there, there's got to be a better way to locate it or find it or have it come to us. And I'm not telling them to cater to us, but just make it easier. And like you said, with schools, and I'm glad to hear with our legislation, um, I'm hoping that goes far. And I know I'm going to have you back on if you would like to come back on uh, as a guest uh, in the future to talk more about that and the progression on how that's going and everything, because it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, Do you mind if I tell everyone how they can um, sign the petition for that? Absolutely. Please do. Yes. Okay. I have an online petition. If you go to the Amy Noel YouTube channel, there is a link to it in the video called petition. (laughs) And so anybody around the world can sign it because the more people that, um, on it it just shows that it is an important issue and the other thing i want to share with your listeners is that if you have a child in in special education a really good resource is a facebook support group because if you just put your situation in that group you can have parents give you advice who have a lot more knowledge than you do and that's right. what I did just recently, and it really has. I've learned more in the last few months than I have in the last seven years of trying to find information on dyslexia. So I have links to Facebook support groups on my channel as well in a video called "What to Do When Your Child Is Diagnosed with Dyslexia." Great info, and I do want to touch base on that. Uh, and like you said, with um, uh, schools and everything, if I may, I should have a question. Uh, yeah. you know, would this be uh, in schools? Would it also be like, say, colleges too? Because when people go to college, you know, it's not like dyslexia say, oh, you know what? I'm not with you no more. You still have it. Even when you attend college or university or something, you still have it. Now, would, would this be also uh, to include colleges too and universities? Yes. yes. And um, I have a friend who you might be able to have on your podcast because she has IEP accommodations for college and they take her notes for her, and and I know a couple people in college who are really succeeding because of those accommodations. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was gonna say because I actually took a college course. Uh, this was quite a few years back ago. Was for theater and uh, performing arts, uh, which I'm very much into. Uh, but I did tell my teacher that I have a little bit of a uh, problem and stuff with my reading. I ain't say exactly that I had dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And he, and all I was told was that, you know, just do your best. Um, That's all I was told. And it just, it kind of floored me that, okay, but if I would have said this, maybe, maybe he would have acted different or been different about it. But if that's all you can say to a student, you know, it, it's not putting me down. It's just, just do your best. And that's why I asked the question, is it going to be coming or can it be put into colleges? I don't know if you even have a program. It's something if anybody's listening if they know about this, you know, if colleges and universities have programs like that, maybe certain states do uh, 
uh, with schools uh, have that implemented. I'm not sure. It'd be a great to hear from somebody, you know, if they know more knowledge about that than I do. It'd be great to hear that. Um, but I do want to thank you for your time, your effort. Once again, my hat's off to you with your research. It's unbelievable. And, um, you know, I hope our listeners uh, gain some information on from both of this and from the episode and everything. I want to thank you for your time and your effort. And we're going to have you on again. I'll have you on again as a guest because I know there's going to be more information you'll, you'll have. And it's going to be great information. But I do want to thank you for your time. And thank you. definitely much, much obliged to you. And best wishes to you and your family. And in closing, I just want to let our people, uh, our listeners know to leave comments and suggestions. If you have any comments or suggestions, please do leave them. You can go on, the, uh, on your um, uh, phone um, or just on the computer and uh, uh, look up the podcast, leave suggestions and everything. And this is Michael Minter with a podcast of People with Dyslexia. Make sure we take care of each other and yourself too. And everyone have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Bye-bye.